0: Good morning, Midland Reformed Church. I am uh, coming to you today from a little bit different venue. Uh, I am out here this morning at the Saginaw River and uh, you can see the uh, water behind me. Uh, you'll probably hear uh, some of the wind. Uh, if that is uh, distracting to you, just close your eyes and imagine that you're uh, out here on the on the uh, river also. Uh, today we are continuing our series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit that we're looking at today is the fruit of faithfulness. And uh, right out of the gate, I want to uh, make it really clear that when we're talking about faithfulness, uh, we're not just talking about being faithful to a a set of beliefs. We're not just talking about orthodoxy, but we're talking about orthopraxy, uh, how we live, right? Living. Uh, One commentator on the uh, Epistle to the Galatians put put it this way in defining faithfulness. He said, faithfulness describes the one on whose faithful service we can rely on whose loyalty we may depend, whose word we can unreservedly accept. Uh, It describes the one in whom there is the unswerving and inflexible fidelity of Jesus Christ in the utter dependability of God. As dependable as God. So the question is, how dependable is God? One of the great doctrines of scripture is that God and God's word are one, one and the same. What God says happens. Uh, speaking and acting for God are one and the same. Uh, think of the story of creation. God said, and it was, and it was so. Uh, 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 creation comes into being at the Word of God instantaneously. In the Gospel of John, a second version of creation. Uh, We read that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and His Word are one. That's how dependable God is. Uh, When you have the fruit of faithfulness in your life, you are as dependable as God. You are as faithful as Jesus. Now, in God, that fruit is fully ripened. Uh, It's completely mature. One of the most common descriptions of God in relation to his people that we find in Scripture, especially in the Psalms, is is that God is faithful. God is always faithful. That that presence of faithfulness in God is, is completely mature. In you and me, it may be only a small seed, but it is there. And we can see glimpses of that faithfulness whenever we give our word to something. Uh, when we give our word, we are living into the fruit of faithfulness. Sometimes we give our word to something explicitly. We'll actually say, I give you my word. Or we'll say, I promise. Or we just simply say, I will. Uh, one amazing story of giving one's word and then being faithful to that word is found in First Samuel. Uh, if you remember the story of Saul, uh, he was the first king of the people of God, but he was disobedient to the commands of God. And as a result, uh, David was anointed the next king. The problem was that Saul was still around, and Saul tried multiple times to take David's life. David, however, refused to lift his hand against the Lord's anointed. So David was faithful in honoring his king, and it's seen really clearly in uh, a number of occasions, Uh, but in this particular story, David and his friends were hiding from Saul in a cave when Saul came in and was absolutely oblivious to their presence. Uh, Here was the perfect opportunity to take Saul's life, and David refused. Uh, He cut off a piece of Saul's cloak, and he showed it to him as proof uh, that he would not lift a hand against him. Saul's response, Uh, is recorded in 1 Samuel 24. He says, When someone finds an enemy, do they send the enemy away in peace? May the Lord repay you with good for what you have done for me today. Now, Now even I know that you will definitely become king and Israel's kingdom will flourish in your hands. Because of that, make a solemn pledge to me by the Lord that you won't kill off my descendants after I'm gone and that you won't destroy my name from my family lineage. And David made that promise to Saul. He gave him a a solemn pledge. And uh, a little bit later on in David's life, when he is in fact the king, the descendants of Saul, who is long dead, are brought before him. And David keeps his word. And not only does he not harm the descendants of Saul, but he actually honors them. He's faithful to the promise that he made. Sometimes we are called to keep our word that we've given explicitly. Other times we give our word implicitly. Uh, That means we don't directly say, I promise to, or I will always, or I will never. But the promise is implied by a commitment that we might make. And so when we say uh, that we will be followers of Jesus, we are making a number of implicit promises to value the things that Jesus values. Uh, We're saying that we will care for the poor we're promising that we will forgive our enemies we're we're, we're giving our word to loving our neighbor Uh, we're we're saying that we will we will uh, reserve uh, human sexuality for within the covenant of marriage We we say that we are willing to die to ourselves when you make an implicit promise others have the right to expect that you will still be faithful to your word Part of the fruit of faithfulness is that not only do I make promises, either implicit or explicit, but that I am increasingly making big promises. In fact, I would say that if you're finding that you're able to keep all of your promises at this moment in your life, that you aren't making big enough promises. Uh, There's a story that Jesus tells about faithfulness in Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. Uh, He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps lit. Uh, be like people waiting for their master to come home from a wedding celebration, who can immediately open the door for him when he arrives and knocks on the door. Happy are those servants whom the master finds waiting up when he arrives. I assure you, when he arrives, he will dress himself to serve, and he will seat them at the table as honored guests and wait on them. Happy are those whom he finds alert, even if he comes at midnight or just before dawn. But know this, if the homeowner had known, What time the thief was coming, he wouldn't have allowed his home to be broken into. Uh, You also must be ready, because the human one is coming at a time when you don't expect him. And then Peter says, Lord, are you telling us this parable uh, for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who are the faithful? and wise managers whom the Master will put in charge of his household servants, to give them their food at the proper time. Happy are the servants whom the Master finds fulfilling their responsibilities when he comes. I assure you that the Master will put them in charge of all of his possessions." Part of the big promise in this story is that uh, the servants of God are always to be ready and to fulfill all of the responsibility that God assigns at a moment's notice. The word always and the word all are big promises that we're called to give our word to. Uh, We're invited to make a big promise when we pray, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, becoming part of God's kingdom coming on earth in my workplace in my school in my neighborhood in my life in my relationship becoming a part of God's kingdom coming uh, is a big promise and it's a part of the fruit of faithfulness faithfulness is giving our word Uh, the fruit of faithfulness is giving our word to big things the fruit of faithfulness is giving our word to big things even when we can't currently keep our word. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to talk about faithfulness without, frankly, being nearly overcome with shame. Uh, This is an easy area for me to do the comparison thing uh, where I see the incredible faithfulness of others, uh, many of you uh, live such incredibly faithful lives, and I compare that to the faithlessness of myself. Um, I survey some of the key areas of my life, and I know that as a father, for example, I haven't been uh, as faithful as I as I would want to be with the spiritual lives of my children. Uh, as a husband, I stood up and made a big promise. I said I would promise to love and to cherish my wife always and I know that I haven't kept that promise. I've taken Tammy for granted. And as a pastor, if I'm being completely honest with you, um, I'm not doing so great. Uh, Most of you know, for example, that uh, Tara is no longer a part of our staff and I'm responsible for that. When we asked the congregation to support her position, I made an implicit promise to lead that and to make that work, and I wasn't able to keep that promise. And it makes me want to crawl in a hole. It makes me only want to make small promises, or none at all. But it's in that hole, that my faithlessness meets the faithfulness of Jesus. I know that. Uh, I think about uh, Peter whose own faithlessness extended so far as to deny that he even knew Jesus. He said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then there comes that moment where Peter's failure meets Jesus' grace not once, not twice, but three times, meeting each one of his failures. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And in Jesus' hands, that failure doesn't become a disqualification, but it becomes a moment of restoration. It's an opportunity to re-promise and then grow into that new promise. Feed my sheep. If our promises are always small, We will never come to the end of ourselves. And we never will find that place of grace and restoration that we must come to for the fruit of faithfulness to fully ripen in our lives. Amen.